These two things are real bizarre. They always take the joke too far. Rich will learn to play guitar. And I will fuck you in your car. They'll mentally fizz ya. Cause they've got no charisma. You know, uh... Some people say, like, check, one, two, three. Warren Buffett has a little gag where he goes, one billion, two billion, three billion. Uh, that's Pretty so good. funny. Of the oligarch Warren check, Buffett. Check. <laughs> Dude, straight up, I'm so dumb. When you said Warren Buffett, I was thinking cheeseburger and paradise guy. What's his name? There have been some discussions on this podcast where you guys have revealed levels of stupidity that are <laughs> alarming. <laughs> there Steve was, Buffett, is that his name? There was one where you guys James had a sincere... Buffett. James Buffett? You sincerely debated whether... What does the term Muslim mean? <laughs> you, you know what? Here's the thing. We still don't know. I have no idea. We never, we never looked into it. Uh, Would you tell us? <laughs> a Muslim is an, like a person who follows the religion of Islam. But you were thinking That's like what I was that saying. Muslim is the name of the religion. So Islam is the name of the religion? Yes. Yes, that, I said that. Islam. I said that. I don't think that. Probably. I do not think you said that. I probably did. I'm smarter than you in some way. Why are they called Muslims, not Islamics? Yeah, Eric. Well, <laughs> they're sometimes called Islamists. I've never heard that in my life. Really? No. Islamist. I don't know so. anything. Why? But why Muslim? Is it just to be have like a stage name or whatever? <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the set they're repping. Is that their rap name? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it, it derives from like Muhammad, the pro- prophet Muhammad. The word Muslim, M O S L E. Why not Muhammadism, Buddhism, <laughs> Christianity? Why do they got to be Islam? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just all wacky there. I think that's what most of the wars is about. Is yeah, why don't you explain it to us, Eric? Robert, you you came on here representing them for us. That's why That's why we had you We on. have our I guest thought. today, Eric Lepre, a Muslim extremist. I think is how he wanted to introduce himself. He, coming in hot, like criticizing your st- stupidity right off the bat. Sorry, I didn't mean to set this tone oh, right off No, it's fine. Please, no, we're not hurt. Please, we're not hurt. Please, I'm not hurt. I'm please, not hurt. I'm not please, hurt. I'm not please. <laughs> what were you, you saying? You like to question... Why things are the way that they are. I remember you had I'm a, a debate. Philosopher. This is our first. You you yeah, you, you were asking like, why make things clean? Why yes. why tidy one's home? Yes. You know. But I question the mores of society. I'm a bit of a rebel. A bit he of. He does it like as a defense mechanism to not have That's to not do. Not true. It. I'm a bit of an economist. No, but I'm a, uh, you know. A, uh, but Richard like responded. Uh, because it feels good to live in a clean space. And you were like, why is that the case? Why? But that's like, you're asking like, uh, why, why do human beings prefer order to disorder? Why do they prefer good to mm-hmm. evil? It's just, you know, if you keep asking why, you get to like <laughs> the fundamental questions. That's at what the I want to be about, baby. I'm a fundamental. I'm a Christian fundamentalist. Hey, Eric, watch your finger on the foamy. You're making squeaky sounds. I'm sorry. You're I'm a, fucking a novice fingering with the, the mic. You're fingering. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That shit has always interested me. Like you, you, de- you dive, you d- deep dive into anything enough, and eventually the answer is like, 
I don't know. <laughs> and that pisses me off. Yeah. It bothers me. It, it just appear, it appears to be like random yeah. chaos. Because you can imagine a world where there was like imagine a conscious species that preferred disorder to order, right? right? Like imagine a species that when they make like an Apple commercial, not everything's at a right angle with the table, it's all you know? Everything's messy, shit. Yeah. you know, and they prefer that. That's, well, that's not hard to imagine. What's interesting is that's how we drudge sanity in a major way in our society. You see a homeless guy, he's all covered in lollipops or whatever, and you're like, That guy's fucking crazy. But if it's a But he may be seeing things and having thoughts that you're like but not see, in tune with. This know? was when I was a when I was a youth you know, a uh, a boy, a baby boy. Little, I used to think about these boy. things too much and it would bother me, right? To the point where it's like, well, how do we know they're not seeing the right thing? But then it eventually comes down to practical application in life and you have to go like, well, he doesn't seem very happy. So <laughs> Some of them seem real happy. Uh, that's when they're on the... <laughs> it's called mania. <laughs> the meth, yeah. Yeah, it eventually has to come down to like, does it work or doesn't it work? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then we just got to accept like, all right, well, that's just the way that is, but... Would yeah. you would you make that trade like be a deeply troubled, unhappy, and depressed person, but you're like a virtuoso piano player, like a, like a, just a no. visionary no, artist, no, 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 no. Uh, like autism? Would you have autism superpower? No, because <laughs> here's the thing: um, you'll be remembered in history, correct? You know what's uh, Picasso was a fucking died broke. So did uh, he's a painter, I think. Van Gogh was Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, tortured. Yeah, all those guys, right? And you're remembered in history. It's like. Uh, his painting sold for seven hundred million dollars. Like he died with syphilis in a gutter. Yeah, all I, artists I want to be happy now. I don't give a fuck about legacy yeah. because you're dead, sure. all, <laughs> and it all, does not matter. That's the yeah. that's the case with like any art, like prolific, like amazing artists, musicians, etc. Like the tortured ones, put out the best shit, but they're dead already. <laughs> but the truth is, is that those two things are not required. I think you uh, don't think so. I think to have. The ultimate level, like a Beethoven, or you know, uh, there needs. Did you hear to be him put the H in the Beethoven? Well, I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> the Beethoven uh, needs to be a little. Uh, you have to be a little. Something's got to be broken, right? There has to be. There's a yin and yang, so you got to have a deficiency somewhere, right? But I think there is still a possibility to create great art uh, nowadays without being miserable. And I think that's been more and more common. There's a lot of great but, auteur filmmakers who aren't like miserable pieces of shit. It's very true in a uh, comedy. Comedy used to be say, very dark and miserable drug you, addicts. You, you no longer have, the case. You yourself have said that comedians that are normal are not funny. You have to be a fucked up person to be a com- you do. funny comedian. You have well, you know, you have to have in you have to have issues, but there are is a it used to be way worse. The truth is you had to back in the day you had to be a drug addict and an alcoholic, you know what I mean, to really be great. And now that's not the case. People realize like you can have some happiness and balance. There are no more like hard drinking drug addicted comics. There's like 3 of them left. Yeah. And they're all really funny. They're the best. <laughs> I kind of funny comics I, I who aren't that way. I kind of think it's funnier when the comic is slovenly it's and a little out of shape and not a stunner in mm-hmm. the face. You know, when a guy gets on and he's young and he's fit and full of energy and his sneakers look like they yeah, just came like, out of the box. I can't relate to you at all. Yeah. It's the yeah. same problem I have with like hot chick comedians. Like I'm sure some are funny, but it's like I have no I can't relate to a hot white girl. I just have no... Yeah, Yeah. if you're beautiful, there's not really anything nothing, funny about that. I have nothing to gain from you. Yeah, and that's what's popular nowadays, at least in Los Angeles, is the... Uh, it's like a very common thing. It's I like guess... Other- Good-looking white dude in crisp clothes. Mm-hmm. I know a couple. Some of them are great. They're fucking hilarious yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
it's just never been my bag. I don't. It's what you relate to. I'm sure hot white women love hot white women comics. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, the darkness has always been funnier, you know. Yeah. So uh, Eric is here. He's uh, our number one fan. Uh, he won a contest to be here today after donating. What was it? 10k to our Patreon. Which is amazing. Yeah, I the am contest a big fan. Was just give us a bunch of money. Yeah, it's a pretty easy contest. We've been asking for it for weeks. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. I grew up with these guys in oh. Plainville, Connecticut. Oh, he's ruining it. I, I I've listened to every episode, including episode number 38, wherein you guys call me a coward and a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, have you come on to confront us? I did do, do you, that. Do you want to settle that now? Or uh, that was Rob. After the microphones turn off? Now we can settle it right now, baby boy. How do you want to do this? Lo- what I was Rob is, loves confrontation. What I was thinking is that you were being a coward and a bitch at that time, so that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. We, we have talked about you, I think, several times. <laughs> I, see I said it knowing Eric will hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's told me many times he listens to every episode. <laughs> and I filed away the episode number. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> pull up the exhibit here today. Number 38. <laughs> 38. Well, I just assumed I obviously was fucking joking and making content, making it hot for the show. Yeah, yeah. But I just figured you were like, I figured people who have uh, things to lose <laughs> to some regard, I would not imagine want to be on the no, show. No, I did just want to come prepared with new music to talk about. I'm a musician, and mm-hmm. it'd be fun to be able to talk about that. You dress and look like a musician. That's the thing. He's got a cowboy hat on. still talk about it. A button up. Because you've been doing music are, for a long time. I'm wearing my hat in your residence, and that's rude. Are you okay with that? What's funny is that moral, that morality and that... Uh, oh, Rob's going to question that rude. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that level of you know social moray yeah. only entered your mind because you have that hat. This is one of the you reasons. You know what I mean? Like this, normal people don't this, think about that. I this is no, one of the reasons why I bought the hat, actually. You have cowboy morals. I like the way it looks, <laughs> but also it's a little reminder to be a gentleman. I tip my hat sometimes. I take really? it off for people. You I take tip it, it? I take it off when I come into private residences. So cool. It reminds you to be a gentleman. That's so cool that you tip your hat. Do it right now. Do it right now. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, that was so cool. I need an affectation about myself. Let's all get hat cowboy hats. We're going to copy Eric. That's Eric's thing. I'm going to wear a gun holster. No gun, but a holster. Do you remember Kevin? I'll carry the gun. Do you remember Kevin Briggs in high school used to carry a coffee mug around? That was his affectation. Oh, I yeah. thought that was cool. Just an empty coffee just, mug. <laughs> just carry yeah. empty. Did it have anything on it? Uh, I'm sure in the morning it had coffee. No, I mean, did it have a, like a logo or a saying on the, the side? Oh. Like, oh, Mondays. You know? I'm sure. I don't remember that level. I've tried people. to develop some throughout the years. I tried to be a toothpick guy for a while. I kind of remember toothpick I kind of remember that, too. Mustache guy. Toothpick so is... So glad you gave up that. that. That goes with the tough guy thing that you have going. Uh, it goes with cowboy hat, too. You could do a cowboy hat with toothpick. Definitely could. Definitely what it really could. is is we're all modern men trying to find... Some degree of masculinity that we can cling on to. Oh, in the I've world. given up. Yeah, most Entirely. most men then, <laughs> because it's all taken away from us <laughs> by the goddamn liberals. <laughs> well, we got into it early. That's like a ten. It's not a, it's no, I'll talk about the Jews. <laughs> it's such a leap from my father to my brother and I. My father's like. Handyman, he can build an addition on a house single-handedly. He can get in your engine and like yep. he's not a mechanic or anything, but he can like diagnose some minor things. Yeah, yeah. And then me and my brother are just like kind of lost in, in those. My dad too. Uh, yeah, he just he knew how to do shit. He would mix concrete just for fun. Well, we've <laughs> talked about my dad. 
And oh, I'm yeah. dad's the ultimate badass. Definitely not him at all. <laughs> He's a fucking hell's angel. <laughs> and it's technology, right? That's the reason. It comes down to technology. Yeah, video games. They gave me a video game early, and that was it. Well, not just that, but like, I don't need to learn how to do that shit. If I, if I have an issue, I'll just YouTube it, and it'll tell me step by oh, step. Oh, I guess true. there's that how too. To do the yeah. thing. But even then, they're it. like, there's like a pride in knowing how to do it. Yeah, definitely. We're well, not we don't proud anymore. If you're in a city dweller too, like, how can you be a handyman in a city? You know, unless you, that's your whole thing. Like yeah, I couldn't even work on my car. Right. <laughs> and you're not allowed like to mess with this place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you break your security deposit. <laughs> I call a landlord when something breaks. I miss, uh, that's the one thing I miss about growing up is uh, random acts of violence. And I think that uh, adulthood would be better, uh, more honest, and more fun if at any given pace you were like, this guy might punch me in the fucking face. I disagree. I don't want that at all. <laughs> there's too much litigation in the world for that to exist. I think there should be... There's, there's definitely too much about that. Too yeah, much of that. I think there should be... And not enough people, particularly in Los Angeles, have this idea in their head. One time... Because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. There's been multiple situations where um, somebody has been like insanely rude in this city. One time we were actually going to get brunch. And there was this very tall gay man... And he was just being a fucking asshole to everybody there because there was a wait. Being so rude to the host, the wait staff, yeah. huffing and puffing, like just being swearing, treating everybody with disrespect. And at a certain point, I just turned to him and I went, hey, dude, shut the fuck up. And he was like, what? Oh, how? What? And I was like, I'll hit you in the face. And he <laughs> went, oh. <laughs> Not enough people get threatened with physical violence. Yeah. Me too. I need it to happen. I'm frequently a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. I think it really, uh, there's, you know, I think there's something to be said for that lawsuit. But then there's that lawsuit. Uh huh. It's a good topic for Eric LePray, actually. (laughs) Chaos wins overall. Lawsuit culture has ruined so many things, in my opinion, especially my job. It's so pathetic. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like they're making us, I work in entertainment, in case anyone forgot, I'm a sound guy on TV. Uh, they're making us keep our masks on probably for the entire year and still getting COVID tested three times a week, mm-hmm. even though the fucking CDC, the L.A. County of Public Health. And in like three days, Cal OSHA is also going to say employees don't need to wear masks anymore. They're still going to make us do it because they don't want to get sued. And it pisses me off so fucking and much. And like we said, there's also a degree of look at how uh, progressive. progressive we are. There is that, but really for TV, it's just so they don't get sued. But that's what progressive, usually progressiveness to that degree goes hand in hand with litigation. Could be, yeah, because then they also make me do this three hour uh, like harassment course right. like every six months. And it's the same thing. But then when I go on a new show and it's like a network show, they make me take their three-hour sexual harassment thing yeah. and sign a paper so that they can't get sued. It all, comes like, down, just, they don't care. it all comes down to fear of losing money, but they mask that by going like, well, this we're championing rights yeah, yeah. of some type. So, Eric, what do you have to say for them? My, my, Explain yourself. My friend who I came up <laughs> here to see, who I went to law school with, we're just talking about that this morning, how the act of filing a complaint, fi- initiating a lawsuit... Like, there's a pretty low barrier to entry to that. Yeah. You just draw together the complaint and you file it in the court. And just that act shifts an enormous expense and yeah. burden on the party that has been sued. Yeah. They've got to go out and retain a lawyer to respond to this complaint in some way. And you're already looking at many thousands of dollars just because somebody filed that complaint yeah. against you. What if you and don't, like, though? Like, for example, uh, 
I used to work on some food labeling cases. Okay. And these like serial plaintiffs who are just willing to... Do you mean serial as in numerous or serial as an actual serial? Because uh, you said like, food labeling, I'm being serious. Uh, <laughs> meaning <laughs> like not a part of a they file breakfast. lawsuit after lawsuit okay. like a serial gotcha. murder sort of thing. Um, and, you know, a, a plaintiff's lawyer will go out and find these people who are willing to uh, go into a convenience store and buy like a beef jerky that says all natural on it and file a lawsuit against the manufacturer yeah. regarding that all natural claim. And that manufacturer now has to lawyer up, figure out a way to answer this complaint, uh, maybe resolve the case out of court for a substantial sum of money. Really? You, know, huh. to, you might say to them, <laughs> to them, it's nothing, but like these settlements add up hmm. and, um, my buddy was saying that a lot of uh, S&P 500 companies spend more on litigation every year than they do on like research and development. And it's just yeah. the, that barrier to entry to bringing a lawsuit is very low, which is a good and bad thing. You yeah, want people to be able there. to enforce their rights, right. but like, Jesus, it's expensive. <laughs> I, I like the idea of using it as a weapon and getting money, though, Rob. We should probably That's, do that. I'm down, A, and... Uh, B, I knew a guy, I didn't know him, but I knew a guy who knew a guy, and that was his entire livelihood. He would... Uh, Being go, a plaintiff? Yeah, go and sue businesses all the That's time. That's crazy. And people would settle out a quarter thousand dollars, $500, huh. sometimes you get a big payday. It was his whole whole business. Yeah, it is it is like a slippery slope because, uh, and that's not a racial racial term. But like, where do you? <laughs> it wasn't what? anyways. Slope. All right. Um, oh. Where do you draw the line, and how do you make that difficult? You know what I mean? Then to because uh, you should be able to, if you're a single man, well, that's sue a corporation, right? Yeah, and the courts have standards for uh, the sort of quality and level of detail that you include in your allegations in order to properly state a claim that the court can do something with. But still, in order to make that argument, you got to lawyer up and file a right. motion to dismiss that says this complaint fails to state a claim for the following reasons. And that motion takes lawyer time. It takes thousands of dollars. So you can't do that, that unless you know the law in and out. You can't do that by yourself. I mean, there are pro se litigants who, who prosecute lawsuits by themselves, but you really need a a, a, a trained lawyer to be able to make effective motions in court. The reason for that is just because it's... Is it intentionally that way? Is it intentionally obtuse so that you can have a job? A lot, of, I'm not being a lot of things are like that. I'm not being facetious. <laughs> I know. And I think law... I, well, there is a degree of... Obviously, it's an incredibly deep system. But I think a lot of it is... Isn't there some barrier? Like, why can't I go in front of a judge and be like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but here's what I want to do. So make that happen. You can. It's just that higher powers, the legislature, the Supreme Court, have set these rules in statutes and, and rules of civil procedure that say you must meet these thresholds in order to you know, file a lawsuit, proceed to discovery, get to trial. And they're not going to hold you to a much lower standard simply because you didn't get a lawyer. They will read your pleadings in the best light possible because you're a pro se litigant, but they're not going to say, um, Rob Puglisi's allegations don't have to state a claim because he's Rob Puglisi and he what? can't afford a lawyer. I don't even mean specifically that. Uh, and I can't afford a lawyer. I can afford so many right now. I'll hire a lawyer right now. I'm going to sue you for I something. I felt like an attack. Let's sue each other. <laughs> I'm down. Um, but There's something ridiculous. Yeah, this is not funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. And what is more, what I mean is like, 
you can't go to court without a lawyer, especially if it's something important. Um, the the confusing language jargon and even like I've tried to read, you know, uh, fucking law, whatever the fuck, something on a piece of paper, and it makes zero sense. Is an intentionally obtuse, kind of like the stock market, just so that dumb people feel dumber, and it makes it harder to uh, participate in intentionally? Or is that required, do you feel like, to be... Uh, is it in, Does it need to be that confusing, or is it intentionally more confusing than it needs to be? Um, a lot of older statutes are hard to read because they're old and they carried forward that old lawyerly tradition uh. of like invoking Latin phrases and probably formulating language more complicated than it needed to be. But in recent decades, there's been this movement called legal realism of just writing contracts in plain language, writing right. statutes in plain language so that everyday folks can understand them. But even then, you see these long contracts with massive boilerplate paragraphs, and that language is there for a reason. And you know, that's you do need people with expertise who can help you parse it out. You mentioned like your production organization being like afraid of lawsuits. Mm -hmm. If you ever go through like some standard boilerplate contract, and you'll see some very particular provision that contemplates a very narrow situation. Yeah. A lawsuit occurred, you have yeah. to think and of they were everything. like, "We've got to cover that." You area. Think of everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like why there's that woman that uh, spilt hot coffee on herself. You know what's bullshit? McDonald's. No, you know what's bullshit is I always thought that that lady was a con artist. I went and read back on that. I don't know why, because I was like, "How fucking dumb are you?" Apparently, the coffee uh, that she got, or at least this is what they argued, and they was well, they there's a medical doctor involved, but. It was like 250 degrees, which is way hotter than it's supposed to be. And the lid wasn't properly secure. That's what they said. And she got third degree burns on her pussy. So it Ouch. was extreme. It wasn't like she spilled and got a little burn and sued them for millions. Yeah, okay. She yeah. got like very badly injured. Interesting. You, you yeah. cover that case in first year torts class really? in law school. And it's like, you've heard this in the news about the case. But like, Here's what would a reasonable person serve somebody coffee at that outrageous temperature? You know, like you got to hold McDonald's to that right. reasonable person standard. Huh. And that's and and then, like really you badly said, hurt, the injuries, right? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how like, despite what the law says... A lot of it, it turns into like interpretation and like logic and arguing it's in what the you court. Can argue. Because like we were talking to you the other day about um, about stuff, <laughs> and you were explaining something legal to us, and it was like, but it depends if it, you know you interpret it this way, and then it's like, how much are you in? This? It was very interesting. So does like, the charisma of the court uh, attorney really uh, matter as much as it appears to matter in a movie? Like, can the judge and the jury? How much, because uh, there is, you know, context to everything. There is uh, a certain degree of gray area and everything. Is a good lawyer part of being a good lawyer besides knowing it, having a charisma to be able to convince people of things? Or is that more movie shit? Like, is Tom Cruise, you know, fucking dancing around in front of Jack Nicholson a fake thing? You, you got to be careful with uh, getting cute and friendly with the jury, what I think you're you're talking about. I actually litigated a trial in, uh, I think, 2017. It was a patent infringement trial down in Florida. And the uh, lawyer for the plaintiff, who was uh, our opponent, was this big Dallas, Texas guy. Uh, 
Uh, I won't say his name. But Your Honor, I'm just a simple town man. Yeah, big. I'm just an old city boy. <laughs> exactly, and just like played up that down-home uh-huh. attitude and like, make, I'm going to make things nice and simple for you yeah, folks yeah, yeah. in the jury, right? And then we come in, we're defending this large pharmaceutical conglomerate, and uh, we're a New York City team, right? City slicker folk. And we come in and, and like our flagship litigation partner litigates the case. He used to be like an assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, like the best trial lawyer I've ever seen. And he well, doesn't... Can I stop you real quick? Mm-hmm. Why was he that good? Was it because of the charisma thing? No, because he's just so laser focused on what's important in documents and what facts need to be presented to the jury and when. And he is the most devastating cross-examiner I've ever seen in my life. They put up an expert just folded under cross-examination. And I think uh, one of the appeals courts that issued a decision in the case, um, may have said that it was like a Perry Mason moment, (laughs) that old television show. So like those Dramatic courtroom moments can happen, yeah. but like uh, being a lawyer, everything in between is just like sitting in an office alone, being stressed and dealing with drudgery. <laughs> but every once in a while, Difficulty and, and if I can tell another story, yeah, please. This was actually me. Um, first job out of law school, one of my first assignments was a pro bono case, and I represented this. Now that's not boners, right? Does no, no, no. do with boners. <laughs> Just like Just free, free legal work for, for uh, poor folks. And um, this poor old octogenarian widow was... What does you, that word mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, in her down. 80s? Octogenarian means in her 80s? Octogenarian. What is in 90s? Uh, an old person, just say an old person. I'm not sure. I know. I, <laughs> Do you know octogenarian just because you had to represent her in court? Well, 70s is septuagenarian. Uh-huh. Um, 90s would be... Ninodigenarian or something? Oh jeez, I've been called out. Let's just say no. We'll just call. I we'll just call it n-word generic. Because <laughs> it's probably that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, she fell behind on her property taxes, and the town that she lived in uh, gave her some notices saying you've fallen behind on your uh, property taxes. But she was old and just didn't know how to respond. And so the town ended up putting her house up for sale at a tax auction in order to get proceeds from the sale, apply them to the taxes that were in arrears to to pay off her taxes. And uh, at the auction, her house was purchased by some like house flipping operation, like an LLC, some investor guys. And, you know, in due course, they give her an eviction notice saying, we bought your house at the tax auction. You must vacate the premises by such and such date. And so finally, like that is the thing that prompts her to go and talk to her lawyer. And she goes to like a free legal services organization. Uh, I get the referral and uh, I spend the next few months trying to figure out how to prevent this uh, octogenarian widow from becoming homeless. Doing the good work. Wow. Doing the good work. That's pressure. Like that was on my shoulders. Like I was losing sleep over that. Really? Your first job? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I would just be, hey, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) You want to crash me? That's a good lawyer too. You want to crash me, grandma? Uh, Still got to pay your way if you know what I mean. You got to fuck me. All right. Very long story (laughs) short, we end up working out this transaction that involves her getting like a mortgage and then a reverse mortgage immediately afterward. And she gets to buy her home back from the investors at like a healthy premium for those guys. Um, 
But we find out, like, on the eve of closing the transaction, whereby she'll repurchase her home, that they have failed to pay the property taxes attributable to their period of ownership. So while they have owned the property, they haven't been paying their property taxes. Our property tax is so hard to pay. And <laughs> no one wants to pay it What's on going this property this goddamn house. Let's get to the bottom of that. And we're like, uh, so guys, uh, either pay the taxes or reduce the purchase price by that amount so that she's not paying property taxes that you guys should have paid. And they're like, no. She took him to court. Just no. Yeah. Obstinate. It's like, okay, we're going to file an emergency motion in housing court, right? We file the emergency motion. We get an emergency hearing at uh, New Haven Superior Court Housing Division. Uh, I've never argued in court before, and I went unsupervised. I was on my own, right? Well, how nervous were you? I was so nervous, were you? right? Yeah. I show up in my suit, and I get my Do you have the hat on? Do you have the Stenson hat on? No. <laughs> That's your first mistake. <laughs> nah, you're right. You're I've on. seen this done before. <laughs> nah. Waving myself with the yeah. fan, right? Um, so I show up, and I get my client to show up. Remember, Rob, she's an octogenarian. Not octogenarian. You got to glide her in by her, by her <laughs> yeah, baby. But the, her the jury throwing. sees her. Is that where you're going? The judge enters the courtroom. First case he calls for argument is our case. Me and my octogenarian client stand up, and she like creaks up out of her chair, right? And we walk over to counsel's podium, and she's holding my arm as we tenderly walk to the podium at like half the speed of theater. Fantastic, (laughs) right? And we finally get to the podium, and like the first question uh, the judge asks is something like. there's not a lot of money at stake in this case. And I know you, Mr. LePre, you're with this firm, and you over there, you're with this firm. Uh, your billing rates must be higher than uh, this case is worth. And I get to say, well, I'm Your doing Honor, it for free. I, I'm here on a pro bono basis. Nice. <laughs> right? So I walk up with this old, you know, old sweet woman and there's like oohs and ahs coming from the the gallery in the courtroom and then i get to say i'm pro bono and i explain to the judge the situation that they're just refusing to pay their property taxes and trying to stick it on my client and the judge just turns over to opposing counsel and just proceeds to just tear into yeah. this guy like would you sell a house that has a giant freaking uh, ditch in the back that you dug while you were doing it and just try to pawn off that expense on somebody i forget exactly what the example was it had something to do with the ditch i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but just like as funny a lawyer the judge did everything ditch related <laughs> every metaphor he had was ditch related all right let's take ourselves out of this ditch so we can get to lunch <laughs> his name was judge ditch yeah uh and uh you know, as a lawyer, sometimes you know when you can just sit back and be quiet. When the judge is that much on your side, yeah, I don't sure. need to say anything more. And not needless to was say, was it we, the guys there, or was it just their counsel? Their lawyer, lawyer yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but really, it shouldn't matter. None of that should matter, right? In a perfect court system, in a perfect legality system, none of that should apply. None of what? Uh, the old lady. The human the human element. element. The, the old lady. The uh, the pro bono that shouldn't actually matter. Just right? the facts is what you're saying. Just the facts. That you know, I I used to think that way, but that is why we have judges. Judges do take the human element into consideration, which I think is good. Yeah, that's true. That, I guess that does make sense. You, you know? can't you can't just say I'm going to rule in favor of poor widow because she's a poor widow. That's that's not right. But like. 
I don't know. It, it creeps in. Who were the parties? Like, what, what did yeah, they yeah. do, you know? But then you also get, you know, then unfair things occur, like court of public opinion before they're even in the courtroom. But, but you could get unfair things where, say, we're doing, like, just lawsuiting people. But if you're, if you're just going by the letter of the law and you get some lawyer who's really good at the letter of the law, you could just right. fuck people over sure. all day because you're people manipulating that, so. the law perfectly without yeah. any human element. Well, it's like, uh, what's it called? Um fuck is his name muslims yes but also oh um god damn it i can't remember his name i'll think of it sorry I, I kind of derailed but just to there. put a bow on that <laughs> yeah. story uh she ends up getting to keep her like that was she ends up getting to stay in her home and like that was one of the few and far between good things of being a lawyer. You yeah. know, everything in between is just companies suing each other for large amounts of money, yeah, yeah. exchanging millions of documents and just like ugh, yeah, sorting yeah. through all that crap. But like every once in a while you get to do something to be that's kind of cool. Something cool, yeah. yeah. What I was going to say is Harvey Weinstein. You know, before he even oh. gets to court, there's this whole public persona of yeah, that he did something fair. bad. And it's, <laughs> we don't know. Wait, so after huh? saying... After, what? After saying... Huh? Be- <laughs> <laughs> I like how uh, uh-huh. I was like uh, every once in a while you get to Rob says be a hero and then he's like oh I wanted to talk about Harvey Weinstein yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying the, the word hero <laughs> he gets drawn as this evil man you know and what he's doing is giving careers to young starlets okay? now, well he had you some... gotta pay the toll <laughs> <laughs> some people accused him of theatrics for like walking into the courtroom with that walker well, he was like, and, yeah, 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 yeah yeah now Eric will you represent us when we eventually get sued by someone for Ooh, offensive language question. or we're gonna do something wrong brush up on your freedom of speech uh... at least that and you'll probably need to represent Rob in a few other cases well maybe down the line there might be some you know you know situations that arise but no personal time and at my core i'm a good guy (laughs) yeah yeah but you (laughs) You you can even use that as a defense your honor he's a good guy also that's gonna have to be pro bono too (laughs) your honor he's a good guy your your best strategy rob might be uh remaining judgment proof just have no money And so, so if you're so sued, far. just bring on the lawsuit. It's been the so far. On, I got, just got sued by the Republic of uh, Con- the Congo. <laughs> yeah. Well, is yeah. that true, though? If you, have, 20 million? if you don't have the money they're suing you for, are you just fine? Or they, well, they'll dock your pay, you right? You it? can't get blood from a stone. It's hard to garnish wages right? with, with judgments. Yeah. That was going to happen to your brother. I remember he didn't pay some fucking... Uh, insurance fee because he got into an accident like 10 years ago and he didn't have insurance at the time and he's like good no fucking money and they were gonna garnish his pay mm. jeez i didn't know that yeah <laughs> that happened to me with student loans they were threatening that and default i defaulted on all my loans I the threat like, is all right thing. i have no money <laughs> you're not getting any money you know what's awesome and this is one of the coolest moments of my mom my mom's a great lady she doesn't take shit she's not like yes she is the most motherly at all times and she's not like you know uh, doesn't necessarily she's very loving but sometimes she's a little distant but because of that she has a cool calculating well, she's a politician too. fucking yeah ruthlessness that exists in her that when you see is horrifying <laughs> this is an example of that i was young and it was not a significant amount of money i was drinking at the time and i overdrafted a bank of america account for like 500 dollars or something and i had no money so i just never paid them yeah and eventually I went to a collections collections agency and they kept calling and calling and calling, and I was ignoring him. And uh, the one time they called my mom, just answered the phone, and she was like, "What?" 
And they were like, your son owes us $500. And she's like, he doesn't have it. And they were like, well, he has to pay. And she was like, he's not gonna. So what are you going to do? And they were like, well, I don't, I don't, he has to. And she was like, he will not pay you any money. He does not have any. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you could do that, yeah. That's and they true. were like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good deal for them. Yeah. You know? They'll for take sure. anything or they sell your fucking debt to someone else. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, the collections like, yeah, agents. Yeah. yeah, they probably paid fifty dollars. That's weird. For that debt. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange how that works. But yeah, we you could just never pay. We gotta get into the scum money. and villainy of the legal system. I'm saying, let's just sue people and be real pieces of shit. Start chasing animals. Let's start suing for nothing. Let's start. Let's get into the collections I love it. business. I love it. Thanks for coming on, Eric. You gave us great ideas. The muscle. There was. <laughs> this a, is why you came, right? <laughs> there was a 60 minute special a while ago. Hey, about wait a second. Oh, six. Theater of the mind. Little theater of the mind. The Americans with Disabilities Act has been on the books. No, but there was a 60 minute special. 60 minutes about the American with Disabilities Act. And uh, part of the segment was these lawyers who go on Google Maps and just like do street view of convenience stores that they've never been to and look for like a little uh, uh, wheelchair ramp that isn't quite like an inch yeah. and a half up That's above crazy. and so doesn't comply with ADA regulations. And then they're like, all right, we got to get a suit together against that convenience store. Just like... Just suing little convenience stores and things. shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so mean. Oh, that's wild. wild. I just watched this movie... Uh, I care a lot on Netflix. It's not. Oh, you watched that without me? Cool. Yeah, uh, you would you would have hated it. I heard good things. <sighs> it's not good. Yeah, I'm just saying, you personally. Not now, like, guys. Not now. That's <laughs> what this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the entire like story of this woman, the main character, is that she just like st- robs old people essentially by like this like legal guardianship. Mm-hmm. over older people that like a doctor deems can't take care of themselves and then a, a legal guardian will literally take over all their finances, all their life decisions, everything. But what she would do is like find like a cherry, they would call it, like find a rich old person that has like no family to object and just like pay off a doctor to say that they have dementia, show up at their house, be like, I'm in charge now. You have to leave right now, and there's cops, and they like take them to an old folks' home because they legally can. And then she sells all of their property and just keeps all the money, that's and they cool. just die alone in a fucking. And that's that really happens. That's cool. It's disgusting. Well, yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, it's bad. That's got to uh, be scary for the older. Folks. I know, and they're yeah. like, "Wait, what's happening?" Just everything's changing, and they have no power. Yeah, and yeah. in the movie, she's like, "You got to go right now. Pack a bag." And you know, if I'm well, eighty, and that happens, first of all, I'll have guns by then. You'll be an octogenarian. But, be an octogenarian. But there's cops. Like, they're there to take you. I'm dying by cops. <laughs> yeah. I'm going out in the hill of fucking gun. I'm not sitting. Like, fuck you. Gotta you got to find them. They- That's what was great about the Old West, bringing it back to the hat. Back in the day, the law was important, but it really came down to who had that, who had the more bullets. Yeah, taking my land, I'll yeah. shoot you. Who had more bullets? The cops in that time, there was like three sheriffs. You get a posse together, you own the town now. That's true. That's <laughs> fuck, it was great. <laughs> These three sheriffs are going to stop me. Good times. You know, oh, most of it was... They'll uh, call me boys, boys yeah. are in charge now. We can't get rid of them. Most of it was a morality uh, honor system. Like, just be good, please, because <laughs> we can't back up any of this. Yeah, and yeah. some guys are going to be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. We got shotguns. <laughs> Cops are like, oh, we only have pistols. <laughs> yeah. And then you own the fucking town, man. That's what I'm saying. We need to get back to that. Back to murder and shit. <laughs> I saw this crazy thing that I wanted to bring up. 
Uh, and it was the most wild story, and it haunted me. You ever be haunted by something, Eric? Yes. I was haunted. <laughs> okay. And uh, a kid and his buddies were on tr- a trip in the Bulgaris, Bulgaria. They went for vacation or whatever. They were German kids. They went to Bulgaria. They uh, end up at a bar. They get into a, a kerfuffle, this one kid. And that's not a legal term. But <laughs> Is it a German thing? Kerfuffle is German. Yeah. It's a, uh, a race war. So they get into okay. a race, so war, get on a race war. Okay. Guys, about a soccer game. And the, you know, the Bulgarians hate soccer. That's their race that they I don't, don't know hate. if that's... Okay. Uh-huh. So um, I believe they call it foosball, Eric. And uh, <laughs> so eventually they, they break it up. They have no violence occurs. They, get together. they all go to a McDonald's late at night. The kid who got into the kerfuffle uh, is like, I'm going to wait in the car. Guys go inside. They come back out. They're gone five, ten minutes. They come back out. The kid's gone. They're like, what the fuck? They go out. They wait a while. They call him. Nothing in. Like, Maybe he went back to the hotel. They go back to the hotel. He's not there. He doesn't show up until the next morning. Comes in. And he's like, uh, those guys beat the shit out of me. They found me and beat the shit out of me. And the kids are like, what? What do you mean? He, he was beat up. Like he had a, and they were like, they yeah. kept you for six hours and beat you up. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. They just beat me up. Uh-huh. And they're like, all right, whatever. Um, he gets uh, a perforated eardrum. They bring him to the hospital. And the doctor there is like, you can't fly. They're supposed to leave the next day. He's like, you can't fly because the eardrum might get fucked up in the air. Yeah. So you got to stay a couple of days. And his buddies are like, we'll stay with you. And the kid's like, nope, absolutely not. I'll be fine. Go without me. I'll be fine. Talks him out of it. And they're like, all right. He only has to stay a couple of days. The night before he's supposed to leave, he calls his mother at 3 a.m. And he says, there's men trying to kill me. And she goes, what? He's like, there's men that are trying to get me. And she goes, what, what are you talking about? He's like, these guys, are, they're going to they're gonna kill me. And she goes, I don't know. You'll be fine. Just you know, stay in your room, lock the door, don't answer it, and you're leaving tomorrow. And he hangs up, and he calls her again. And the doctor gave him a prescription uh, for antibiotics. And he's like, what is this prescription this doctor gave me? She's like, it's just a normal fucking prescription. He's like, I don't know what it is. I, you, I, I, it's freaking out. And the mom's like, he was, I've never heard him like this. He was terrified. Eventually, she gets off the phone. The kid goes to the airport the next day. He shows up. There's a video surveillance of this. He walks in. She's like, before you fly, go to the doctor airport. There's a, a doctor at the airport just to see if you're good to fly. The kid walks in. The doctor checks him out. He's like, yeah, you can fly. A construction guy, unrelated to all of this, is working at the airport, and he walks into the doctor's office. The kid goes, I don't want to die. And he gets up, and there's video. He sprints out of the airport, across the tarmac, hops a barbed wire fence into the woods. No one's ever heard from him since. Whoa. Isn't that the craziest fucking thing you've ever heard? Just a paranoid schizophrenic, right? I mean, no. No, yeah, it has to be. No previous mental illness, uh, no family mental illness. They were thinking maybe there was a 0.1% chance that the medication fucked up with his head. He didn't ever fill the prescription, so he never took it. No one knows what happened to him till wow. this day. Huh. It was five years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That haunted me. Jeez. Yeah. That's I love that be, shit. He was just insane. It has to be. How? I don't know. You maybe don't just it was just undiagnosed. schizophrenic. Yeah, don't you? No. I thought that would, like, doesn't that just, like, it could just kick in one day? Not like that quickly, no. A fugue state? Maybe. Disappearing for six hours like Breaking that? Breaking Bad? Yeah. It could, It usually develops over a period of time, a couple of months. It doesn't take long, but it's not overnight. Yeah. And uh, that was another theory that they had, though, that maybe uh, the physical trauma of could be his that. head yeah, sure. yeah, caused yeah. him. But people are like, that doesn't happen. That's incredibly rare. So why did it haunt you so much? What do you think it was? I don't know. See, this Rob loves 
Rob loves like mysticism and scary stories. I don't love it. I just know that it's real and ghosts are. A he thing. believes in ghosts. He's like he that watches much. any horror movie and he gets scared it's by weird. it. It's, it's weird. really weird. I know that they're real. <laughs> it's weird that somebody can just go completely missing and not be found. Like particularly now when you have your cell phone in right. your pocket, pinging cell phone towers like triangulating yeah, yeah. your he position. Left all of his shit are. in the doctor's office. His luggage, everything. He yeah. Just, Full speed booked out. You but can even watch that, the like we know where he entered the woods. You know, yeah, they didn't like, comb the woods. They yeah. did for months, years. They uh, wow. have not found him. There was one guy, a trucker, who picked up a guy without shoes on who said looked like him. That's the only spotting they've had. Isn't <laughs> that the fucking craziest thing? That something like that can just occur? Yeah. It bothers me because what probably happened was there was a demon. See, I, mean, I, see, I knew what? it was going there. No. I, oh, Bulgarian demon. Do you believe in the uh, undead and, uh, you know, uh, poltergeists? I'm on Richard's side on the, all of these discussions, mm. particularly the ones where uh, somebody comes on this podcast and says, when you take hallucinogenic drugs, mm. the hallucinations are like, really, you're seeing another dimension. Thank you, there. Eric. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Can Monterey. I ask you a question? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't mean to criticize any guests. No, I'm no, just criticizing the, the idea. <laughs> Can I ask? I called her a handsome woman once. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask seven questions. Number one: Have you ever done strong hallucinogens? I think I, when I was young, I thought I did, but I was probably sold something fake. So you would know, right? If you were hallucinating, I, I've been high. Where like, sure, yeah, but you've never taken a strong hallucinogen. No. All right. Have you been on a roller coaster? Yes. Okay. So if you'd never been on a roller coaster and somebody's like, it's scary, you could be like, it's fucking not scary, right? If I've never been on a roller coaster? Yeah. It'd be easy to deny it. It's not scary. You're just a pussy. And then you get up on the top of that and you're like, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's an uninformed opinion is all I'm saying. Number one. Number two. I know, but there, it's like right into the word hallucinogenic drug. Like it, they are hallucinations, meaning they're not really there. Because uh, of yes, chemicals not, in your brain. Okay, let's say I've taken a massive quantity of. Uh, I've done a lot too. Hallucinogens. Yeah, but you, you exist. I don't. It's different with you. You <laughs> refuse to open your brain at all. So that, that is true. I'm very close-minded. I pride myself on it. It's this thing. Also, I have no pride. I'm just there saying. gets a point <laughs> where, yes, you're aware. This is not a re, uh, tangible reality. With, I haven't even taken the strongest ones. The strongest ones, it's a different thing entirely. But the, uh, if something feels more real than normal reality, right? If it's more uh, tactile, if it's more vivid, if it's more poignant emotionally, what's the difference? Right? If you can... Uh, Feel and experience something in a stronger way. There's an old Buddhist saying, this Buddhist monk goes, I had a dream I was a butterfly. And now I woke up and I don't know if I was a man dreaming he was a butterfly or if I was a but if now I'm a butterfly dreaming he's a man. How do you determine that? Because there's no scientific way to approach it. And they are starting to do that shit now with uh, you know, some investigation into hallucinogens and shit. But I, I truly do think that there are different uh, levels to consciousness, right? Well, no doubt, like, taking psychedelic or hallucinogenic drugs can, like, unlock areas of your mind and you can have, like, 
thoughts and, and you know, have profound thoughts that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have. I'm just saying when you see and hear things and say, like, those are coming in from an alternative dimension, you have to first, like, cross out more plausible explanations, which include I'm on drugs. There are, <laughs> there are a lot of, well, you are on drugs. Um, but what you just said contradicts the, uh, the point after. If you can unlock new parts of your brain that have new experiences, why are those not um, uh, important experiences? No, but thought, like you know, if you're if you're high on drugs and you imagine uh, a girl named Lucy in the sky with diamonds or something, Did you think of that? <laughs> It's pretty good. What's it mean? <laughs> With plasticine people and strawberry pie or whatever. Like, you can have those thoughts, and those thoughts might not come to you in a lucid state, but to the extent Lennon was, like, seeing those things around him in a room, they were not there. No, not to this level of consciousness, they were not. But what if uh, they exist just on a higher plane that you can't in our... The human perception of what we can view of reality mm. scientifically is like that much, right? We can't see radio waves. You can't see oh, yeah. all of that shit. We can't see microscopically. Mm -hmm. But all of that is a true reality that exists. Our right. perception of this reality is very, very thin and limited, proven through science. So what if... Uh, and the problem, the, the issue, the one drug is DMT. And DMT... Is wild the shit that people talk about, and uh, the main two things that occur is that people have very similar hallucinations, like globally and have throughout history. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it is a thing occur that they call your ego dies, and that is a tangible, real experience that you can't. I've had a minor, minor bits of that, like on mushrooms. You get to a point where um, you are not there anymore. Your conscious being is there. But Rob, as an I, does not exist. And it's a terrifying uh, thing. And that's what a lot of people think death is. The old saying, like, I think, therefore, I am. If you take away conscious thought of me and this and, uh, you know, I'm Rob and I've had this past. And you just exist as a consciousness, which is what these drugs can do. That's a profound experience that does, uh, whether it's because of the drug or not, doesn't discredit the fact that it's yeah. a useful, powerful thing. I think all that can be true, but also you're not seeing another dimension. Why? How do you know? Because science has proven with, not. <laughs> how do you know that? Because you're just high on drugs. But you're dumb, right? You're a dumb person. <laughs> you're a dumb person too. I'm not as dumb as you. I you're ugly also. I can't possibly. <laughs> be true. Yeah, well, not you're, now. Not now. You smell bad. Science. <laughs> science has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, for more than more uh, more realistically than not, that there are m multiple universes, right? That's a pretty agreed upon. Uh, it's not proven at all. It's it's a pretty agreed upon uh, philosophy right now in science that there are multiple universes. So why is it impossible that uh, potentially a substance that is a naturally occurring chemical on this planet Earth and maybe our Lord Jesus Christ left for us, <laughs> when you imbibe it, it's something that also occurs naturally in the human brain. DMT is a naturally occurring hormone in the human brain. Why is that not part of our process to elevate beyond? A uh, simple view of the way things are now. Why could that not be the next uh, stage of human evolution? It's just because uh, you think it's dumb. You're just high. I don't know what yeah, to, I don't know what else to say. You're it's just because it's a really bad argument. High. It's a bad argument. But yours is like, what if? I get, I get like, but uh, just shutting it off and going, you can't because is a worse thing. 
the the ign the the but prove, proving the existence of something for example an alternative dimension in order to do it according to the scientific method you would have to have like a testable hypothesis so and you would need to run experiments sure. and be able to like which they're doing. recreate it which they're doing currently in certain uh, places where it's legal they're trying to do that they're trying to map the spirit realm that's what they call it oh by, by giving no. people drugs over and yeah. over again and they, and like people are reporting yeah. the same thing yeah they did that in the 60s with lsd in a uh, in a clinical setting but also the scientific but method then, yeah okay. scientific method was developed with our current state of human consciousness so maybe that's not the best way to measure all evidence in the universe right <laughs> but see you this, could say that for anything you could any anything that's like even a, a, there could be dwarves you don't know like little mountain dwarves that have a buried treasure in the mountain you don't know you haven't seen them they could no, that's exist. not that's a, that's a ridiculous that's a, that's a silly way but to you can't prove that they're not the argument it's a silly way to dismantle the argument here's the thing Let's all do DMT. <laughs> I'm serious. You want an experience, do it, and then come back after to me and say, it was just drugs. Because every single person, and there are a lot of very highly intelligent people that do it, scientists, uh, philosophers, there are guys who spend their life studying this drug, and the first time they do it, they go, that's not just drugs. What the fuck? It's a, such a profound, life-altering experience. Yeah, I'd be afraid of that. Yeah. I'd be afraid... Most people are. If... Uh, I, I'd be in the hospital immediately. Yeah. <laughs> some, if some drug, like, caused me to confront, like, fears or insecurities but, or something oh, like that, oh. I don't know if I could handle but, it. But <laughs> if we're talking about human evolution... We've gotten to a point uh, in society where materialism and uh, scientific method and all that stuff is something that we agree upon and actively pursue. Originally, back in the day, uh, you know, Greek times, scientific pursuits were regarded with skepticism and uh, fear a lot of ways, right? Galileo almost got put to death, all that shit. Eventually, we were like, well, that was stupid thinking because we were uh, ignorant of that. Mm. What if the same is true about what was previously believed, which is like spiritual realms and shit like that? Like... And it's because of fear. Like, well, I don't want to fucking look at that. Because it's the last frontier of human growth is personal responsibility to a degree of which nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to be purely responsible for their every action and have to really confront the darkness. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Who wants to do that? <laughs> they were so doing it's easier that to more. go like, that's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. Well, they've been doing that more with mushrooms and stuff, like guided experiences by like a psychiatrist PTSD they found that it helps substantially like helps with. with depression and stuff in some cases yeah so I, it's just I've read a lot about it because that shit but that's I'm, different from seeing other dimensions yeah I, I, it just fascinates me to endlessly and I've I, never done DMT but I've read so many accounts of it where it's like just do it already uh, I have a trusted friend who I think is one of the smartest people I know and he said he thank did, you he did my <laughs> he did mushrooms and he really discovered it, some truths about himself and the world you and do nature that, yeah. and things like that. And that I get like yeah. having again, like profound thoughts and realizations and stuff. I'm just, I guess what I heard in prior examples or prior episodes of the podcast was somebody hallucinating, say an object of some kind mm -hmm. or a mountain or something and being like, that is there. Right. Well, I struggle with, there's yeah. a degree of leap of faith that occurs when it's like, I saw this and it means this. To me, or it means I saw this thing, and what that was was a higher being telling me something. I struggle with that level of belief of it. Yeah, but I have had certain a lot of experiences on it where it's a very profound. Uh, yeah, it's like 
that was more real than everyday life. So how, what the fuck is reality? And, uh, you know, and then eventually you jerk off and go to sleep because it's the only way. By the way, for, for, uh, to survive it, frequent listeners of this podcast, <laughs> Rich and Rob make it seem as if, uh, our hometown was just an absolute <laughs> drug den of, of, I love how he's mis- coming on and just confronting all of our of things. Mi- that miscreant funny. juveniles. We have said that, but it's just our experience because that's what we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I seem to remember a lot of intact, healthy families where their kids, <laughs> their kids were in recreational sports. Nah, and they, there was something fucked and up they, going on. They sat down at the dinner table together. Yeah, every Eric night. had a Eric had a great life. <laughs> our crew, on the other hand, yeah. but even <laughs> you, at one point, were smart enough to be like, I should probably have a future. I'm <laughs> we just decided to go another way and find trouble wherever it lies. That's true. <laughs> but I think that's because a certain amount of... Uh, I think if you have a certain degree of intelligence and wonder and, you know, about life, it that's bound to happen in a small town because there's no other... You know, what are you going to do besides drugs? <laughs> there's Dude, no, I would, like, you know, thing. I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't you think that, like, growing up the way we did and getting into the shit that we got into gives you some sort of, like exoskeleton to get through the world oh absolutely we've talked about that with like <clears throat> numerous times. sensitivity and things like that like yeah. having a sense of humor in general but also like me and rob are so mean to each other all the time but it's like just yeah. ribbing you know it's just but like you can't do that to some people because they weren't i know like, Vin- Vinny, uh rob's younger brother Vinny, texted me the other day and just said come home pussy yeah and like being called a pussy it just made me feel so good <laughs> <laughs> i like nobody yeah, yeah. who i'm like friends with like in my 30s ribs me like that mm-hmm. and it's like i want to get put down you meet like people that. occasionally it makes me feel it's rare home, but you, you do know? i met i met i was talking to some kid out here an example of why people it's He's a comedian. He's like, hey, you been, man? And I was like, oh, good. And this was when Richard had just come out to me. It was a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, it was good. My buddy just came out to me, and I was making fun of him. Isn't that funny? And the kid was like, yeah, it's real funny that you shamed him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? Using what? the buzzword there. It took me a minute to be like, oh, you're serious? <laughs> He's my best friend. Because, you don't make fun of your friends? And also, yeah, it was funny to shame him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is what was funny. That's the funniest thing to do in this. What are you talking about? It blew my mind. And I was like, it's weird that people it, don't. It made me yeah. realize how much I like, I fucking hate you. It's weird that some people don't see what the obvious, like we see things in a, in a way that it's like, what's the funny thing you're supposed to do here? Yeah, like, you know not what I mean? what's the right human thing. No, it's like, the first obviously the funniest, the funniest thing to do is this, no matter yeah. what it is. It's usually the meanest Yeah, thing. but like, some people don't think that way. I it's know. It's really weird. Like, we'll sometimes like do awful things to each other just because it's the obvious funny thing to do. It's like... The, the true mark of friendship is like, I can, no matter how far out I keep pushing that go, line, no limit, my yeah. friend goes with me, you know? Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah, because that determines like... There's nothing Richard could do that would make me not... Like, if I found out tomorrow the uh, thing that I suspected all along was true, that he is a pedophile, (laughs) and and that uh, he has a bunch of kids' bodies in his walls, you know? And it explained the smell. That was the knocking of the neighbor. It explains the smell in midsummer. And uh, if I found that out to be true and they were hauling him away, I'd be like, you son of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) What a card this guy. I can't believe he never told me. You, yeah, it's a character right there. <laughs> Visit him in jail. Be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd also have to make some sort of joke about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's wild, man. Yeah. You're doing that the whole time. <laughs> can't believe I didn't find out. If it's I can help? keep a secret. Yeah, that whole time. <laughs> that's funny. And it would like, but really, I would be like, 
ah, it's fucked up, but you know, people got problems. It wouldn't bother <laughs> me more than that. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> that's funny. Ah, uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, those aren't kids. There's no kids in my walls. <laughs> Just as a disclaimer, there's no kids in my walls. There's no kids in my walls. Uh, I've held a secret from my father for my whole life. When I was five years old, um, I cut my nose off. I remember that. Yeah, Rob knows that. What? Uh, the way I did it was I jumped off the hood of our car, grabbed onto the garage door handle because I wanted to take the garage door down, rode it down to the ground, but I was little, and my feet slipped out under, from under me. I lay on my back, and the rusted metal garage door na- uh, handle came down on the bridge of my nose and just ch- clapped, uh, chopped it clean off Are you face. serious? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that you lost, your whole nose came off. It, it came off. It was hanging down like this from like a thread of cartilage. <laughs> Holy just, fuck! I didn't, I didn't know it was that bad. That is crazy. Hanging off like of my it. face. How old were you? Five? Uh, so yeah, yeah. I knew you when you were five. Dude, I did the math. I've known John LaPray since I was a child. That's why you and Vinny were friends. I remember when it happened. I did the math on my relationship with your brother the other day. 28 years. That's crazy. I I remember your brother coming to my house and like playing with toys with me. I remember going to Vinny's house young and Rob being like this, like you had like kind of softy blonde hair mm-hmm. that came down the sides of your head in these like angelic wings that mm-hmm. flared out yeah. what? and you had and you were just like a completely yeah. different looking person and you were like you had a pogo stick and you were really good on the pogo stick. Nasty the, pogo, <laughs> <laughs> the glory days and you're now like, he's like this dark horse you know <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny juxtaposition a blonde haired kid on a pogo stick to this but anyway this I, never, I never told my dad that uh, I jumped off the hood of our car i always told him i just jumped up to try to grab it from off the ground yeah well a lot of crazy stuff we must be what are we have yeah time? yeah this is we, we're having too much fun but we're over we're, we got a lot of good there's so much more to talk okay, about. we're gonna we have gotta, to have you back we'll have you back when, when you have you your music some, when i have my music i'd musician. love to come back when you have so your album. when he's got some stuff put together you can confront us about, about more of the bullshit we say on here uh that was great and we can uh sample put some music up it too with it thank you buddy thank you for having me have you performed live on the podcast do you do underwall why don't we just do that, you and I, Richard, in your room? Nice. Oh, this is different. <laughs> I have a camera now. <laughs> Eric just stripping. I can imagine Eric naked, just a cowboy hat on, <laughs> shimmying back and forth. <laughs> Very Wood, Wood Brad uh, Pitt scene. Very yeah. Matthew yeah, McConaughey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. McConaughey. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Clean yourself up with this rag. You might want some ointment. You'll win.